Welcome to Pro Soccer Weekly. My name is Phil Nasons, and I'm one of the hosts of this weekly radio show dedicated to the professional sport of soccer. You can find us at 7 p.m. daily at CSN Sports Radio. That's where we are. You can also find us at philnasonshow.com. And you can also pick up our picks when we get everything settled again because this COVID has made things very difficult and we don't want to give you bad picks. Please welcome my co-hosts, Eric Laurendini and Gary Lewis, to their own show. What's up, boys? What's happening, Phil? What's happening, Eck? Nothing. Everybody good? Sure. COVID-free, my friend. COVID-free. So yeah, good. same here. Another test. Another negative test. I, uh, went, I went to get my vaccine shot Tuesday. Oh, really? You know what happened? They told me I have to wait for two more weeks. They don't have enough vaccines. Jesus. No, it's okay. Whatever. It is what it is. But uh, how's things over there? Now, we've got a bunch of games canceled, and that's why we haven't done picks. We're waiting for everything to settle. Because if you haven't watched the news, in the UK, they're on total lockdown for the next seven weeks, right? Oh, listen. I mean, today has been probably one of the worst days um, for for football over here in the UK. I mean, we've we've reported we've our our death rate is is in the in you know over a thousand every day now. Um, we've got this new wave, and we're on full lockdown. I mean, I'm you know I'm still I'm still working. Obviously, elite football is still um, still able to carry on. But I mean, I've been on the motorways and the and you know and the and the freeways today and. You know, it's just like, it's like it's, it's, what lockdown? I mean, I, like I say, I was stuck in traffic before around Manchester and, you know, there's thousands and thousands of cars and, you know, people are just going about the daily business as if there's, you know, the the, the announcement on Monday never even occurred. Um, but, you know, things are bad over here, Phil, at the moment. They're, they're, they're really, really bad. I mean, the weather's horrendous. It's, you know, I think the only saving grace is that we've got ice, uh, minus three, minus four conditions at the moment. So maybe that might be, um, you know, in 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 favour of tackling the the, the virus. But um, you know, obviously with the time constraints and the incubation and things like that, you know, teams are dropping dropping left, right, and centre. There's another uh, whole host of games that have been cancelled today. The FA Cup, obviously, everybody knows the FA Cup is one of the biggest cup tournaments on the planet. That's in jeopardy over the weekend. Um, you know these these teams that are not being are not allowed to field squads, let alone a team. That the, the whole squads are in isolation with Wayne Rooney at Derby, and you know we'll come on to that later on. But it's 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 getting serious. It's getting serious again over here. And what's going on in your soccer world? My soccer world is uh, pretty quiet right now. Honestly, um, a lot of people. Uh, Although, you know, my, my local communities, uh, my soccer communities have really not been impacted recently uh, with this, uh, meaning no cases, uh, no family-related illnesses or anything like that. However, um, you know, people are quite uh, concerned about participating uh, in indoor activities. Uh, therefore, a lot of them are just not. Uh, and basically, you know, we're, we're training outdoors uh, based on, on the weather. You know, we've set certain parameters, uh, you know, where, where it's okay to go ahead and train outside and, and uh, we're doing so, but really we're on a week to week basis. Um, I mean, there's no matches. We're not in season. So it's just, uh, uh, training opportunities, uh, friendlies, uh, things of that nature. Uh, however, um, you know, it's, it's just really been on a week to week basis. What we're doing, we're, we're not making plans more than a week, two weeks in advance. Yeah. It's tough. You know, um, for me, my life still goes on. I mean, but uh, I'm glad I'm not coaching full time any longer. But this situation with COVID-19 and we don't like to talk about it here, but it's difficult. Like I had seven or eight NCAA basketball games canceled after I handicapped them, which is horrible because I spent two hours on those games each game and that got canceled. So I'm not doing any more college basketball. That's why we're not doing picks like we were. Because we don't know who's playing or if they're going to play. But we did have a great pick from yesterday's game. You did a great job, by the way, Gaz. And Eck, we're going to get you to do one quick. Um, the Manchester City-Manchester United game. Now, maybe it didn't go the way you had hoped. But the reasoning was good. And you guys got into it a little bit yesterday while you were talking about this game. 
And uh, what's up with the goalkeeper? Go ahead, fire away. What, what, what's wrong with Manchester United? And why did they lose to that blue team? <laughs> that freaking uh, blue team. Listen, uh, Phil, I mean, you know, uh, as you've just spoke about there, I mean, you know, picks and predictions at the moment are um, very difficult to, to um, you know, analyse and, and, and move forward with just purely because. Uh, I'll give you an example. I mean, Jurgen Klopp over the last five years, he's been in the UK for in England for the last five years. Um, he came over. The project was fantastic. He, he loved it, and and you know the rest is history. Liverpool have been absolutely outstanding. He is now starting to come out in the press, and um, he's reacting to um, certain comments by other managers or players or journalists, and you know th- th- things are getting under his skin at the moment, and and it's very very unlike Jurgen Klopp. You know, he's he's a you know he's an, an efficient German colossus of the game and things are starting to get to him so that was one of the biggest things that I noticed um, yesterday uh, in one of his press conferences he's come out and had a go at how many penalties Man United have got and you know and, and he's never really sort of stooped that low I mean Man- Alex Ferguson Manchester United manager over the last 25 years you know he, he was a master at mind games and you know a full Old Trafford teams going onto the field playing Man United were already beaten in the, in, in the tunnel before they arrived on the on the field. Right. Um, that obviously, field. that that that's not. Yeah, I mean, we all know that that's not the case anymore. But I just think um, the more and more we're seeing on TV and things like that at the moment, um, you know, this is these are unprecedented times. Nobody's ever been through anything like this before. Um, you know, in, in terms of the the derby, um, you know the. Obviously, Cavani was suspended for Man U and, um, you know, to all intents and purposes, the preparation was fantastic from both teams. I mean, you know, as I said in the video, you know, they're, they're all on, you know, both teams are on off the back of, you know, in the last five, six games, they've had, you know, three, four wins between them and a couple of draws between them. Form was pretty much similar going into the game. Um for me, I think at the moment, I mean, I, you know, one of my closest friends is, is, is a City fan and... um you know, we have we have we have the banter left and right. You know, every time United and City play, or, or you know, whatever the case may be, and and they the worrying thing for everybody else in the Premier League at the moment is they're starting to find some serious form. I love watching them, and we've, we've spoke about this on numerous occasions. Liverpool and and Man City have set the bar. Um, City at the moment, um, you think about where they've come from. Both both Manchester teams had a really you know, pretty poor start if if, if we're being honest. Um, Ollie's starting to find his feet with, with within the team and you know getting his best sort of formation, his, his eleven, his squad and things like that. But I mean, one of the biggest things for me last night, if you can leave one of the best strikers on this planet out of the team without a recognised striker in Sergio Aguero, put him on the bench. He never even made an appearance last night, um, and you let the rest of the team you know go and perform. Um, is is a worrying, worrying sign for everybody else in the Premier League. They were they were fantastic last night. You know, United United played the part. I think they could have probably done better in terms of, you know, the uh, the, the prerequisites of sprinting and you know hounding and pressing and things like that out of possession because we all know City enjoy a lot of the ball. But um, City were City were clinical in the in the sort of the key moments of the game. I think if United would have scored the first goal. And it could have been a different story, but I think as the game grew, um, City's dominance in terms of having having a lot of the ball was phenomenal at times. And um, you know, for me at this moment in time, you know, I'll throw my hat in the ring. Kevin De Bruyne for me is probably one of the best players uh, in the world at, at this moment in time. And I, I include Messi and uh, and Ronaldo in uh, in that bracket. They were they were fantastic. Listen, I, I have to agree with your assessment of City. City was, uh, you know, unworldly yesterday, and they certainly are uh, are, are finding their stride again. Um, you know, regarding the Aguero, you know, I mean, what he's made two two starts uh, for City uh, this season, and uh, you know, they're certainly seeming to find their their way without him uh, in, in the side. So, uh, you know, congratulations to them. There's a reason why they've been to the finals four years in a row. Uh, they're finding their stride. They're figuring it out. 
and, uh, you know, they're able to take a, a good squad like United and go ahead and make them seem like they're 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 not, you know, a top four. They're normal. In, yeah. In the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? Listen, they, they, there are a lot of teams who got off to great starts. Uh, a lot of teams I got off to poor starts and uh, City and United have certainly are finding their way where others where others are not. Uh, I mean, this is a crazy, crazy, crazy season. And, uh, you know, to go back to commentary on, on Klopp, he, he is normally very even keeled, very much um, a proponent of, of the game and, uh, and, and uh, you know, applauds his op- opponents. And, uh, but, yeah, he's, if a personality like that is struggling in this environment, uh, and you could see it's clearly coming out, um, you know, th- there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the world and it's affecting everybody and in, in, in sort of a negative way. He's had a lot to put up with his team, you know, with, with Liverpool. But, uh, you know, listen, again, they, they find their way. Um, they seemingly will continue to find their way. Uh, but just to get back to the United City game, you know, I know we had a conversation regarding uh, the goalkeepers, Um you know, and my commentary on that was really, you know, I felt that having a goalkeeper like De Gea, who, who's clearly more seasoned uh, than a Henderson, may, may have uh, impacted that game. Uh, but honestly, you know, that combined with um, Gaz's comment earlier, if United scored first, uh, I, I think we have a different game. You know, and then I think, I think having a De Gea between the posts uh, maybe sort of solidifies uh, and would enable us to keep that lead, and and um, you know, City would have found it a bit more difficult to find those opportunities. But but again, kudos to City. Uh, you know, they're brilliant. Uh, I mean, they have several world class players uh, playing in that starting lineup, and again, they've got one in Aguero sitting on the bench. But uh, listen, well deserved. Well, that's the they difference. Egg, but that's the difference. That's the difference. I mean, we, we, you know, we talk about this all the time. I mean, you know. The best players make the best decisions at the right times. And and Man City last night, they weathered they weathered the three, four chances that Man U had. Um, with regards to goalkeeping situation at United, I mean Henderson's played every game in the in, in the League Cup, and um, you know that seems to be the uh, the trend uh, with fringe players and um, um, you know lads who are breaking through and things like that. But you know I, I think for me it, it it wouldn't have mattered who you had in goal last night. I mean. You know the first goal's a freak. The the ball's been played into the box. You know the 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 outfield players. I think it was Martial or Maguire or Pogba in in the vicinity of John Stones should have dealt with that. They he got. I mean he's a centre half for God's sake. You know he's got in front. He's got in between two players and it's come off the come off his hip. I mean it doesn't matter how it goes in, but it's come off his hip. It's not a clinical finish. It's not a header. It's not a tap in. It's come off his hip. You know he's made the right run at the right time. Goalkeeper, not a fault. Nothing he could do about that. The second goal, I mean, you have a look at the video. Um, the, the ball's been headed out. Could Wambasaka have done better, possibly? But at the end, you know, it's it's all real time. He's he's headed the ball and he's he's got the ball clear of the box, and then it falls to Fernandinho, who didn't really hit it crisply, but it's it's rolled down his shin. It's come off his foot, and and you know, it's nestled into the bottom corner. If it had hit that properly, it probably goes into, you know, the the the, the um, scoreboard paddock at Old Trafford. Um, so, you know, I think, listen, that that's that's by the by for me. City were fantastic on the evening. United played a part, but I would imagine they'll be they'll be ruining the 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 you know the chances that they had certainly in the first half. Well, they should ruin them. They they lost to City, and that, whether it's on the road or at Old it's Trafford, never good. That's never yeah, good. Never good. It's never good, especially the Derby game, right? Never good, and that loss dropped Manchester United to number four on the table. Liverpool still sits at top. Everton is second. Leicester City is third. Tottenham is fifth. Man City is sixth, and they are one point behind Manchester United. How in the world did that happen? How in the world? Did Manchester United fall like that? This was a prime opportunity for them to take control well, last of that night, table. To be fair, though, last night, yeah, well, last night, Phil, it was a cup game, so it doesn't really affect the league. That's right. Of course, in terms yes. in terms of um, the number four, um, that's how many semi-finals that we've we've lost consecutively in the last sort of two years. Um, 
That, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's come out and said, you know, is it a mental block? Maybe. He's, he's denying that it's a mental block, but um, had it been any other team, then United might have progressed. But, you know, we've got to, we've got to um, factor in that one of Manchester City's all-time legends, uh, Colin Bell, passed away um, within the last 48 hours. Uh, I mean, he was a... I mean, obviously, you know, Phil, you know, my, my dad played professionally over here and mm-hmm. was, was part of the um, what used to be the first division, which would be the Premier League today, um, and played against some of, the, some of the greats. And, you know, I was having a, having a conversation with him last night. Colin Bell was probably, um, well, put it this way, his, his legacy will be um, up, upheld uh, in, in such a good fashion down at, uh, at the Etihad. Um, and I think that was probably an extra incentive for for, for the boys last night. Um, it was nice to see them come out in in the number eight shirt that, that Colin Bell wore. Um, he was a fantastic player for Manchester City for for, for England. Lovely guy off the field. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him once when I was a a, a young boy at some coaching um, clinic. And you know everybody says you know did you do you realise who you've just met and I was like I have no idea no idea was it you know it could have been a postman for all I knew and then obviously <laughs> right. understood the history understood the history um, of of um, of you know obviously the two Manchester teams growing up around here but Colin Bell is an absolute legend maybe that had, had, had the uh, desired effect last night but um, you know it was. Um, it's, it's never nice to lose a derby, but that being said, I think United are showing progress. I mean, the other derby a few weeks ago was a nil-nil snooze fest, and you know, I think I turned over to watch something about gardening on the TV at the time. <laughs> you know, but last night, last, last, last night, last or night, Shark was a different week, story. or Shark Week on National shark Geographic. Week, well, well, listen, I, I've been missing Shark Week for the, you know for the last twelve months. I mean, what the hell am I going to do? You know, Country <laughs> File, I think it's called over here. But uh, no, well deserved from City last night. Good win. Okay. Well, listen, go on we, we usually, we usually, we usually have the Shark Week marathon. Well, while we're at Brooklyn, correct. I mean, correct. we've missed that. Yeah, you guys have <laughs> yeah. a TV. Oh, See, oh, I don't rate it. The I don't rate a TV though. <laughs> I don't never rate a TV. I don't rate anything. Well, you rate a TV with us, Phil. Yeah, that's Wes Mazzoni when we need him. All right, huh? <laughs> that's exactly right. Where is Leo? Leo is doing probably a baseball camp or something. Who knows what he's doing? I hope so. I hope he's good. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. No matter where he is, you know, there's Tito's right there with him. Yes. Oh, and chaos. Sure. More more <laughs> chaos than Tito's. Correct. And, and Coors Light. Well, yeah, whatever uh, takes your fancy. Well, he'll we, take... we, don't, we don't acknowledge that. Oh, right. Why, why is that? Why don't you acknowledge Coors Light? Coors Light is about as weak as a Fortnite, as we say over here. Yeah, that's fair. That's we, fair. A, a waste of time. Okay. Waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you get up to that age, you know, you, 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 you well, need to Well, I'm not there. there yet. I'm not there yet. Used to are, but I'm not. I, Sorry, Eck. I'm, I'm a Michelob Ultra guy. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, Michelob's nice. You know Michelob's what? When I, but when I was in America before, it was Michelob Light. And every time I, when I come over, I would ask, hey, can I have a Michelob Light? What is that? I guess it's against the yeah, rules. Yeah, exactly. Oh, whatever. We don't, we don't see that over here. Yeah, I know that, and and I, you know anyway. what I miss, you know what I miss though, is I miss drinking Heineken drafts or Amstel mm, drafts yeah. in Corfu. Oh, Amstel, Amstel draft, absolute that diamond you know what I, center of, of a lager. I mean, you know, you know what the, I miss? The Dutch know how to make a brew. They sure do. I know. I miss going to the UK where you have the choice of Guinness and extra cold Guinness. What is Correct. that? Ooh. <laughs> Well, it, well, it, well, it, well, it, you've got Guinness, and you've got Guinness that's slightly colder than the other one. Right, of course. <laughs> you, you know, over here in the how U.S., we, how we, how Guinness we is the right cold. Summer, <laughs> well, that's okay, because we got a lot of time to kill, and this is good. Because oh, our soccer talk is getting worse and worse every week, because all we have are COVID cancellations. Correct. We can't even make a freaking pick, because we don't know who's playing. It's almost like flipping a coin. You know what's the hardest part? What I miss the most, though, is having that cold beer after I played tennis all day in that heat. You know Corfu in the summer. My God. It would be 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. In the shade. In the shade. And thankfully, I had some. But the humidity would be 99%, <laughs> and the skies would be blue. There would be no relief. It would be – my lungs felt like they were on fire every day from all that humidity. It was amazing. They would say to me, how can you play 10 hours straight? 
I said because and pure salt, pure salt air. You know, all my shirts. Pure from, salt air. Oh, I, I would have to throw my shirts could, away you every could burn year. Burn from the salt in the air. Oh yeah, yeah I can imagine, Phil. I've been there many a time. That, Lovely place. That should that should be the title of your next book, Phil. Corfu in the summer. No, no, no. My next book is going to be when I finally decide to write the book that some people want to read more than others. It's going to be called Resident Pro because that's all I ever was in my career is a resident pro, meaning I wasn't working at your club. <laughs> Freelance. And that means I lived in that hotel and I ate the same food you paid to eat and I had a great yes. life doing it. And I did that for three and a half decades. Wow! Wow! I've ne you know the first so, apartment that I ever lived in. I was fifty. Wow! Some people may say stealing a living. Oh my God! You know what? I I can tell you <laughs> that I put my work in on the court. I was out there all day. Correct. And, and you know I, I'm still not above picking up balls, and I'm still not above uh, doing the little things like sweeping the gate. Out in front yeah, of the gate. Picking cones up. Yeah, it's right, exactly. Never that, I'd rather do that than go to those uh, orientation meetings. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so yeah. what we have left to this show, we have the table, but we're not going to really do that. January transfer windows. These are big, and there's still that rumor floating around, guys, that Messi is going to end up with in Messi City. That's Manchester City, for those of you who are unaware that I can't stand the blue team. What do you think? Is there any real truth to this Messi to City? We've heard it four or five times now over the last six months. Is there any real truth to this? None whatsoever. None. Absolutely no, none whatsoever. I mean, I know we were discussing Jaden Sancho as well. I mean, who... who... No, we're going to in a minute. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I mean, finances are tight at the best of times. Um, you know, within the Premier League and players demanding X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I think sometimes your biggest signings, your biggest um, outlay is players re-signing. You know, so, for example, we've got um, Georgie Vijnaldum, um, who's been in integral at my, uh, um, Liverpool for the last, you know, three, four years. He's um, he's He's been touted to... Uh, to Barcelona at the moment and I think you know between the both clubs and his agent and the player you know and and listen I, do I blame him probably not he, he wants to be paid what he's worth um you know I'm I'm hearing that he's 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 earning around the hundred thousand pound a week mark when you know these other players at, at Liverpool are earning 200 250 thousand a week um and if you look at his games how many appearances he's made over the last four years and how many trophies they've won in games they've won with him in the side. You know, he's, he's got a point. Um, I, I'm always I, I'm always sort of disagreeing with, you know, ransoms and things like that in, in football. You know, one of my biggest things is loyalty. Um, you know, something came out today about Jamie Vardy. Um, would you ever leave Leicester? And, and Jamie Vardy's story we've spoke about before, he's come from grassroots soccer. At an age, you know, 19, 20, 20, 21. And now he's, you know, he's obviously a superstar in the, in the Premier League. He said, um, you know, it, it was refreshing to hear. He said, well, I would, I will stay at Leicester uh, for the rest of my career because they wanted me when nobody wanted me. You know, and that's such an interesting, refreshing um, take on, on, you know, how football was, how football was are mentally. Um, you know, foreigners are different. We always see that. The Premier League, we've said, is the place to be. Um, you know, there's, the, the money's here and, you know, there's an extra zero on you, in your paycheck every month because it's the Premier League. And, um, you know, that's, that's the problem that we face over it. I don't think there's going to be any major signings um, over, the, uh, over the January period. I mean, you know, who knows whether we're going to be able to actually play within the next, you know, four weeks of the transfer window, Phil. I, I, I honestly don't I honestly don't know. It is a developing story. And, you know, what we're hearing now is, you know, these this, this seven or eight games that have already been cancelled. And, you know, how can you actually plan for, you know, transfers and signings and basically playing chess with your players and other players when nobody has any idea? We can't plan a week ahead of each 
of, of, of ourselves at the moment over here. So how the hell can you do that? And a week is a long time in, in, in football or any professional sport, as you guys know. You know, things change by the minute. And at the moment, clubs are not really in control of what is going on sort of, you know, in, in each nation in terms of, you know, the COVID uh, outbreak and things like that. So um, I really can't see any... any listen, Messi's not going to be coming here this, this, this month, that's for sure. If he, if he is... You know, I'll walk through the city centre of Manchester naked with um, a Toronto Blue Jay shirt on or something, whatever. You know, uh, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go on record as Tor- saying that. Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Well, he, at least you know them. We're quite popular in Toronto, aren't we, X? So, um, yes, yes you know, we are. It was just the first, you know, non-soccer jersey that came to mind. Although if I was wearing it, I wouldn't be naked. But um, you know that it's cold over here at the moment. So if, if as soon as Lionel Lionel lands in Manchester, I'll welcome him in my Blue Jays uh, jersey and uh, I'll escort him to his cab. But um, I can't see that happening. I really can't. I mean, there's nothing really. You know, there's there's, there's you know bits and pieces. I mean, Pochettino's gone into um, uh, PSG Paris today, and you know he's welcoming Deli Ali from Tottenham, who's obviously not getting a regular game under Mourinho. He's welcome, welcome, welcoming him with open arms. Um, obviously, one of the biggest ones is is, is Mesut Ozil going from. Um, remember him, Mesut Ozil. Um, obviously, one of the you know most influential players at Real Madrid and Arsenal over the last ten years, and he's not played for God knows how long. He's, he's you know three managers can't be wrong, can they? It looks like he's off to Fenerbahce, but the problem with him is he's earning three hundred and fifty thousand a week. Um, the interesting one I've heard. Um, coming out of uh, Paris is that, um, and this is just a rumour, is that Sergio Ramos from Real Madrid could be in line to go to, to to PSG. So that would be probably one of the most interesting ones that I've uh, I've seen over the last sort of 24 hours. But, um, you know, it's, there's no, we, we, we who knows what's going to happen. It's just, it's um, sort of clutching at straws and, you know, maybe guessing and the rumour mill and things like that at the moment. I've never seen anything like this. So, you know, it's new to me and new to you guys. So I, I really, I can't see anything big happening in this, uh, this, this, this window. Well, that makes sense. Now, Eric, here's the thing. I'm looking at this article, uh, transfer story at ESPN. We want to give them credit for these ideas. They claim that Manchester United has a 50 million pound budget. Now, there's a lot of talk, right? about Jaden Sancho heading on over to Manchester United because Ole likes the guy. Who wants not to like? What's the chances of seeing Sancho in a Man U uniform at some point this season? Uh, listen, as Gaz alluded to, there's not a lot that generally goes on in the January transfer window, nor do I expect that there's going to be anything major going on uh, this time of the season. Uh, and there's so many reasons for that. Uh, you know, one, you know, the COVID pandemic, uh, not not bringing new situations in is, is definitely a, a health uh, cautionary thing. Um, you know, the simple fact that, you know, six billion dollars in revenue have been lost uh, or anticipated to be lost. So the, the budgets are not what uh, you might anticipate them to be. But uh, I, I just don't I just don't see any major changes happening now. Um, does that mean that uh, Sancho is not, um, you know, on the horizon uh, come come the end of the season, come June? I, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe the ship has sailed on that. I, I just think that the money may not be there. Uh, and um, I think United just brought in this young kid from Atlanta, Diallo. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe they're deciding to put some money towards uh, a young player, bring him along. Uh, and 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 possibly that's their their answer to this. Um, I, d- I don't see it happening. Um, you know, I, I don't see Sancho uh, being become a part of United uh, anytime in the, in the near future. Again, you know, my finger's not on the pulse over there in, in the UK. Maybe as Gaz is, he might some have uh, something to add to this. But, I think uh, I think yeah. I think the thing is, there's a lot. There's this talk. Egg. I mean. You know what it's like. You, you you know what it's like. I mean, we've we've looked to move players before, and this time of year, um, there's a lot of players that'll be out of contract come the summer, um, and there's a lot of players that won't be. But there's a lot of players that will be 
you know, in the thoughts of, of managers and teams over here at the moment. And and we 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 usually this this window is used as what we call a teeing up window, where you know if somebody's probably not quite right, or they might they might already be um, cup tied in terms of you know Man Man United, Man City, Liverpool's, Chelsea's, Arsenal's, Tottenham's. They're they're looking to bring in the elite players. Now the elite players have probably already played in the Champions League this year, so they are they're ineligible for the Champions League. You know, once it resumes in February, um, so that's why the, the the summer window is 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 always you know the, the the big one. I think this summer will be probably one of the biggest transfer windows that we'll ever see, because teams will not have the finances or the the, the you know the the know how at the moment. As to can we bring them in? Let's not forget we've just left the European Union, you know, which has changed things in terms of immigration and work permits and you know elite visas and things like that. So everybody's starting to get used to that at the moment. I mean, we're only what six, seven days into the new year, and we left we left the European Union seven days ago. So you know, I think you know, let's let's have it right. People's safety and health and things like that. A, a priority at the moment for all governments, and you know, I, I, I wouldn't imagine that the Premier League are too, you know, too sort of forthcoming at the moment with, you know, in terms of knocking on the government's door. Well, what's the restrictions here? You know, what are the rules here and there, and then you've got to think about, you know, the, the kids that are coming over, um, you know, sort of 16s to 18s, they're not eligible to come over at all at the moment, even if they're from Holland or France. You know, so people are still getting used to the new rules and the new regulations and things like that, where it all fits in. Who who knows? But uh, you know, th- this 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 window will, will be a little bit of a sort of a loan, more loans than than big transfers. But you know, it, we've all got to get to grips with the with 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 the virus before anybody can actually fly into anywhere. So we'll see. Yeah, but you know what? That virus yes, this- has dictated a lot of things. What were you going to say, Eric? Yeah, go ahead. There's, there's a couple of moves that I just wanted to bring to everybody's attention oh, that are happening within the, within the Red Bull family. Um, the Red Bulls, as you know, have a number of uh, professional squads around the world, uh, and they're making a lot of uh, inner Red Bull uh, changes. Uh, Zabalai um, from Salzburg is going to be making a move to Leipzig. Um and uh, Claudinho, 23-year-old Brazilian forward, uh, is coming from Red Bulls Bragantino to uh, Leipzig as well. So Leipzig, you know, are they continuing... are they loan are they loan moves, Oek? I mean, surely you can't I... buy a player off, off the same company that, that yes. owns you. Yes, they're 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 loan moves. So you know, right. it's it's you know, obviously they they're feeling that um, these players are are ready for a little bit more of the uh, the big time, so to speak, and and we all know where Leipzig and what they've accomplished. Right. Uh, so it's a step up, yeah, definitely. Yeah, good definitely. idea. But brilliant yeah. business model. They've got a fabulous business model. Agreed. Now, for those unaware of what this is, please enlighten them as to what this Red Bull is, because we get a lot of new people listening every week. So what? Now, what is this Red Bull team, Red Bull thing? Well, first of all, Red Bulls is a, is a drink that, you know... No, we know what that energy. is. We get that part. <laughs> it mixes really nice with vodka as well, my Oh, I don't touch any of those things. As, as they say, it gives you wings. Correct. Um, so. yes. uh-huh. Well, let me tell you. Let me, let, let me just go on record and say, it does not give you wings. I've tried. No, it sure doesn't. You know what it will you give you, though? Try. You know what it will give you, though? The runs. I can tell you a funny story yeah. about the runs with tennis. So, so anyhow, anyhow, I'm doing this camp in South Dakota. And this it was colder than uh, whatever. It was terrible. And we got tickets. They gave us tickets to go watch this CBA basketball, the Sioux Falls Sky Force. So we go out. It's Saturday night. And we're, well, drinking a little more than we should. And we've got a seven o'clock morning uh, shift all day that Sunday, and I I get there and I'm not feeling so well, right? And I said to the trainers because it was where we were. It was in this basketball, tennis, gym, fitness area where a lot of bodybuilders are. And I asked these guys. I said, "Look, man, nothing for nothing, but what can I do here? This coffee's not going to get it." 
and they gave me this stuff called Mega Max. It was this big bottle, and I, it's like Gatorade, they said. Okay, I, I know about Gatorade. No problem. Just high-powered. Anyhow, make a long story short, I drink it. I fly through the day. Now I'm going to walk up to the hotel. It's about three blocks away, and I wish I had a diaper because the dam broke. And it was just all the beer. You know what I mean. And it was just a rough all down the street. Oh, it was embarrassing, man. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. I'm very Ain't glad that. I didn't have to stop anywhere. But by, by the way, that that's gas every Friday night into Saturday right. morning. That's fair. Yeah, right. but now, now the Red Bull Group they sponsor how many teams? Well, I'm they don't sponsor. They, they, I think they, they own. They, they own. Okay, well that's right. what we're started, trying to get to. It with the Red Bulls, then the Red Bulls in in obviously in New York. Um, obviously, obviously Red Bull have, you know, they some serious finances behind them. Um, so what teams? So what teams do they own? So they have Red Bull Salzburg, and mm-hmm. um, in Austria, they're probably. You know, I mean, I don't know. Give or take, you know, standards and leagues and things like that. Probably on a similar part to the New York Red Bulls. Um, okay. But then obviously Leipzig. Leipzig are flying, but Leipzig are in a uber competitive league so I think a lot of the finance has gone towards their direction in terms of um, you know recruitment and team development and infrastructure and training facilities and you know the ground and things like that they, they've had a, a, a real good crack at that um, they, they, listen they, they, in Europe there's, there's several several organisations who, who own you know one or two maybe two or three different teams in um in 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 the top leagues, I mean, the um, there's a family who 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 on Watford, obviously relegated from the Premier League last year. Um, the Ponzi's, I think they're called. Um, you know, they I think they own Granada, and I think it's Udinese, Granada in in Spain, and Udinese in in Italy. Um, and you know, it's a similar so on a smaller scale to to the Red Bulls because obviously the finance. You know, they're all sort of private investors and things like that. Obviously, Red Bull's a global sort of conglomerate and, and, you know, they could access finance, you know, till the cows come home. Um, you know, so they basically, as Eric said, they they, they move players between the t- different standards of, of leagues that, that, that their players um, are currently playing in. Uh, which, listen, it, it's, it's a br- brilliant business model. Well, it is. Um, Major know, League in, Baseball in teams of, do this. They have yeah, minor exactly. League It's very similar to the minor well, they leagues. They did until exactly. the pandemic. That was, that was, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Listen, so, listen the Red, you know, the Red it's, Bulls. It's a great, great business model. You know, Leipzig, Leipzig. And listen, it's it's come to fruition with the success of Leipzig. Can they can they go on to and, and then you look at your demographics and, you, you know, geographically where they are and, you know, how many people live in a certain area and things like that. And, you know, what's the footfall going through your stadium and, as a business model, it's fantastic. Whether they they can sort of, you know, bring Leipzig up to the standard of, I would say Borussia Dortmund. I mean, Munich are in a different league, uh, Bayern Munich. But you know, who knows that they'll they'll there'll be a 10, 15, 20 year business plan within that organisation. You know, this is what we're going to do with Salzburg. This is what we're going to do with the Red Bulls in New York. Um, this is what we're going to do with Leipzig. Leipzig are the most successful. Um, product that we've got within our business model at the moment in terms of football. Um, so we're going to plow our money into that. Listen, they'll be earning some decent money back from, you know, the Bundesliga and the European exploits and things like that. So, so, you know, I would imagine that might end up paying for itself, and then they can filter things down to improve the, you know, the 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 other teams that they've got. So I think it's a br- brilliant, brilliant um, business model. Red Bulls is a sports dynasty. Okay, they they Correct. have interest in over fifteen sports teams across eleven sports. Mm-hmm. They're big in the in the in the racing world, right? Um, and uh, you know uh, the teams that they own or have a expressed ownership in are, are Salzburg, uh, Leipzig, Red Bulls, Red Bull Brazil, uh, FC Liefering. Um, those are those are just the the football teams, the soccer teams that they that they have ownership in. Um, and then they have ownership in in all levels of of racing, Formula One, rally racing. Um, you know, uh, they have uh, ownership in hockey uh, as well. They're big in uh, hockey. They're big in sailing. 
uh, yeah, they're just they're just a sports dynasty. Billions and billions of dollars invested in in sports around the world. That makes sense. You know, I, I would think that more teams, more top organizations would do the same thing. You know, have have a team in say Germany and have a team in the MLS, just like the Red Bull. Maybe we'll see that someday, right? Maybe. Okay, so now possibly. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, go. Well, go. listen. One of one of the other one of the other um, ways of doing things over in Europe is is obviously I'm not a big fan of of the guy um, Paul Pogba's agent, Mino Raiola, who, who we've we've spoke about before. Um, he owns um, a club in um, in Holland, so basically monopolizes and 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 sort of has all the all the players from, I think it's 16s and up, signed to his particular agency. So obviously the money that he, as a business, earns through his stars, his superstars, then filters back into um, the, uh, the, 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 the football club environment that he's got. And that's all legal. You know, it's, it's money that his organisation, not him as an agent, but him as, him, his organisation earns um, which obviously qualifies for the FIFA Fair Play revenue, you know, so he can attract maybe, you know, better younger players to come through to the academy and hopefully into the first team, which he can then sell on and make money that way and things like that. So there's 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 various ways that people can sort of um, what's the right manipulate would be the best word manipulate the. Uh, you know the the, the whys and the wherefores of how to make money and maximize your potential within football because obviously you know it's it's such a global um, money money spinner. And money's how everything matters. That's how how it Correct. makes the the pro sport leagues go round. Money is the driving force. It's why you're seeing NBA games right now on TV because they need money. That's why you're seeing these soccer games. I don't know what's going to happen with Champions League, though. I mean, think about it. We we're, we haven't even seen what they call the Christmas wave yet. What is going to happen? Is it possible that we may not start Champions League the round of 16 in February like we're supposed to? Very possibly. I think it all depends on, you know, the, 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 the amount of cases and, the amount of deaths and you know the 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 spread of this new so-called UK variant. Um, I mean, our death rate, like I said today, was you know eleven hundred plus, and cases have fallen from yesterday by about thirteen thousand in terms of positive cases. The vaccine is you know well in its stride in terms of you know rollout, but how many people can you vaccinate and logistically? you know, getting the vaccines from, you know, Germany over here and X, Y, and Z. I'm, I'm just talking from like a personal point of view. I, it's just, everything's up in the air. I, I, I can't say, I mean, listen, you know, first of all, the, you know, anybody traveling from the UK into virtually 75% of the world is, is banned. So, you know, Europe's, you know, a couple of hundred miles away. And, um, you know, I, I know we got through it the first round, first round of lockdown and things like that, but um, this this new variant is is affecting is affecting the game over here now far worse than it did in the first in the first lockdown. So um, uh, you know, listen, the, you know, people people are not really being as affected in terms of you know symptoms and um, you know the the feeling you know the feeling any illness really, but. The fact that it's spreading like wildfire is is obviously cause for concern. So that conversation will be had probably within the next month. I would have thought, Phil. I would um, think sooner, you know, right? Because they have to play. The first I, I, I understand. Well, they've, they've got to have contingency plans. I mean, you know, obviously it's it's it's, it's pretty easy to you know ship a team from point A to point B in terms of you know jump putting them on a private couple of private jets or hiring a, a you know a, a bigger jet that can fly in with you know 30 or 40 people on a 300 seater plane and things like that so logistically it would probably be um relatively easy to do but the problem is is the 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 amount 
of um, infections that are running rife. And it's not just in the um, it's not just in the Premier League, but the you know the the Championship, League One, League Two games being cancelled left, right, and centre. They're not tested as regularly as the uh, as the Premier League boys. They are going to be probably tested twice a week now. Um, that the English PFA Professional Footballers Association have said they're going to pay is subsidised for the championship clubs with money and what, whatever it may be. But it's getting the whole thing under control. You know, it's um, it's like I say, it's unprecedented. It's it's horrible to actually watch Sky Sports at the moment because it's just COVID, COVID, COVID. Another positive test, another game under under pressure, another game cancelled. So, you know, I can actually see. I can actually see probably by the end of the month, maybe even sooner, um, a full lockdown, a, a complete stop of of football, maybe for a month or two, until um, you know the the the, the national lockdowns are are uh, lifted. What do you think, Eck, about this Champions League resuming in February? I I think the next uh, two two weeks or so are really going to um, determine you know, whether they decide to move ahead with it as scheduled. Um, I mean, they will go and get it done. Uh, whether it starts in February, starts up again in February is, is, is yet to be seen. Um, listen, I mean, obviously there's more cases, uh, you know, both in, in the general population and within the professional leagues uh, around, around the world. Uh, and, and they're seriously going to have to take all that into consideration as more and more teams may not be able to field uh, in situations like this. But I think the next couple of weeks are, are, are going to be real important um, in shaping decision making uh, as far as the Champions League coming off mid-February. Um, I, I think, listen, they, they're able to figure it out this far. And it hasn't gotten to the point where, you know, it's gone beyond a few games uh, being postponed. Um, you know, the problem here is that it, it's such a condensed schedule. Uh, for these teams, they're playing virtually every every three, four days, uh, in some cases, uh, more often than that. Uh, so obviously, they're going to need to take the welfare and, and the health uh, of the players into consideration in, in making these decisions. Again, obviously, it impacts far fewer players being, you know, we're in the knockout uh, stages now. Uh, however, you know, these things will all need to be factored uh, into this. I, I think no decisions will be made uh, for the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Okay, so I have a plan. I, listen, the, the, listen, guys, the, the problem we've got is this is a new variant. This is 50% more transmissible than the first wave. So that, above all, will decide or dictate what goes on domestically and obviously in Europe. I mean, I would say that, you know, the Premier League, UEFA, FIFA, they they will not have the decision. It'll be the, you know, the governments of whichever countries, you know, are all in lockdown and cases are rising exponentially and this, that and the other. So, as Eric says, I mean, we're, we're, we're two weeks now after you know, Christmas Day to the, to the day. Um, and obviously our our death rates are, are rising and they are in Europe as well. So I I, I can honestly predict that there's there's going to be a, um, a complete circuit break with within any travel from Europe into England or vice versa. So that would probably put the, uh, the Champions League um, at risk, definitely. Okay, so I have a plan to fix it because we got about five minutes left and I have a plan to fix this. You ready for my plan? Let's hear it. Can't, yep. can't wait. Yeah, I'm can't sure wait. you can. Let's go. Yes, yes. Okay, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> the NBA pulled off a very successful bubble and where they didn't have any, well, they didn't publicize if they did, have any issues whatsoever with COVID-19 inside the bubble. They played 22 teams in there. I think you could probably come up with about three bubbles around Europe. And, and, and they did this in Orlando when it was surging like crazy. And they got away with it. If they created three bubbles and let these teams uh, separate them, there's 16 teams left, separate them and let them play over a week period or two weeks period, and they could nip it all in the bud and get Champions League at least out of the way. I don't know how they're going to do anything domestically, 
But Champions League is big, and it's big. I was reading that teams who compete in the Champions League and who get to the round of 16 and the final eight, they make some serious coin for their teams. We can't have these guys missing because Manchester United needs more money. We have to get better players in Manchester United. I can't watch this no more. So we need to get this done right. Make a bubble, get the cash, make a big cash grab, let the players play, let the fans watch from their TVs or wherever they're watching, get it done so Manchester United can get that money from Europa and handle their business. What do you think? A bubble. Well, it's very very similar to what happened um, in the first lockdown. Um, I think the semi-final was played in, in, in Germany um, with United and, was it Sevilla? Um, yep, it was. Or, it, it, it was played in Germany. I don't think three bubbles would, would uh, listen, three bubbles in one country might work, but to have three bubbles across a couple of nations, I don't think that would, I don't think that would be allowed. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're a couple of weeks behind. Uh, listen, I say we're a couple of weeks behind. London is just rife at the moment. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing would ever be able to take place in London at this moment in time um, in terms of Champions League uh, or Europa League. We, we, they would need seriously need to be, um, you know, a safe environment, a, a, like maybe even Scandinavia, Denmark, Norway, right. Sweden, somewhere like that, where you know they've got the infrastructure um, in terms of you know some decent states, decent sized stadiums, being able to put on events. When I say infrastructure, you know the policing and um, you know the, the the COVID protocol and things like that, and you know, match referees and stewards or whatever it may be, albeit there's not gonna not gonna be any crowds there. But, you know, places where um, you know, the 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 cases and, and and the levels are low, um, but you know, there's this there's, there's the infrastructure where they put these events on. So listen, who who knows who knows where, where this is gonna go, but it's a good idea. It's a good idea. It worked last time, but obviously this is a new, a completely new situation now. In terms of how this virus is spreading, so you know we'd have to. Um, we, we, it's, listen, we're going to have to wait and see, aren't we? That, that's the the bottom line is we, we don't know, and we don't know, and that's why you're not seeing any picks on the weekends or any other time. What you're going to see though is if we know for sure there's a game going to be played, the guys are going to make a little short video like Gary did the other day and hooked it up with the My Cash with Flash syndicated betting sheet, and, and I think you can get that still for free. I think I'm going to give it to you still for free at cashwithflash.com. I like that idea a lot. Um, as far as uh, these leagues go, crazy stuff with this COVID. Be safe out there, folks. It's no joke. Anyone who tells you that it's, a fa- it's fake, walk away from them. No better yet, run. Because you're talking to guys or listening to guys who, who know it's real and just about anybody else. And if you don't believe it real, again, ask somebody who's had it. That's not any fun at all. I'll tell you what, thanks a lot for your prayers out there for our special friend. Yeah, it looks like everything's going to be okay, and we're really thrilled. And thank yep. you so much yep. for that. Believe me, that that meant a appreciate lot to it. us. Yeah, absolutely. For yeah, appreciate Eric, it, buddy. For Eric Laurendini and Gary Lewis, I'm Phil Nasons. We want to thank you for listening to Pro Soccer Weekly. You too, Scartastic. Sorry I forgot you last week, but I was busy with your grandpa, okay? (laughs) Thanks for listening. Don't forget to catch us at CSN Sports Media every single night at 7 p.m. Take care.